cats and kittens and welcome to episode two of Bang on the Strillers, the podcast hosted by myself, Geraldine Quinn, rock cabaret singer and songwriter, where I chat to various friends of mine in the burlesque, drag, fringe and cabaret scenes. We don't necessarily talk about any of those things, it's really just an excuse to get together with people I like and talk bollocks. Now the next episode is the first one I ever recorded, so I was still finding my feet with the audio. It may be a little bit on the low side and we were in a very bouncy room. Nevertheless, my guest is absolutely magnificent. She's a burlesque artist who's recently begun her foray into the comedic spoken word world, and boy, is she smashing it. Welcome to your ears, the dulcet tones of the incomparable Miss Becky Lou. I'm here with my very, very first ever guest who's agreed to, to come and have a chat to me. She's in her flat. Her, her housemate has just made his lunch and can occasionally be heard in the next room. It's Becky Lou. Hi, Becky. Hi. So I just wanted to come over and have a chat to, I guess, people that I think do interesting things and that I quite like to talk to. Um, I, I'd like to talk about what you were talking about before we started the podcast, which was your stack today. Oh, Because yes. I've got stack stories. Oh, so I started off somewhat inauspiciously by managing to completely stack it on the way to the train station. And it was like it was a real moment of social, I am not going to move because there's somebody coming in the opposite direction from me and she wouldn't stick to the left. But with this kind of grim determination, I was just walking with my suitcase, with all my gear going, no, I'm on the left-hand side and that's where I belong. And then a second later, just rolled my ankle and went down. Oh. And I managed to open up the scab on my schoolgirl knee oh, no. that I'd, I'd put there um, merely weeks prior. That previous stack. Yeah, where, yeah. I, where I also stacked uh, in relatively flat shoes. I, whenever I stack, I stack in flat shoes. And I've got, I, I was, I decided purple tights would be the way to go. And uh, now they have purple a and red. attractive blood stain on them. Mm. Although not so as, punk. I had one magnificent on stage stack where I didn't see a fold back speaker, a wedge on the ground. And I was doing this thing in Edinburgh where I was hosting a, a kind of sing-along night. The guy playing piano, whose name escapes me, has played for every person under the sun. Like, he'd played for Ella Fitzgerald, who's played for every jazz hero you can think of. So he's there playing away and doing all these jazz standards and I'm trying to whip up the crowd and get him to sing along. I was this guest host kind of thing in Edinburgh and didn't see a floor... Um, wedge and just went over and went over it the long way. Oh. See, so I could have gone over the front, but no, went went the long way and landed on my gut on a floor light. <laughs> Your face. I got up and kept singing. Oh, I'm, you didn't wind yourself or anything? No, 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 just cut myself. There's a bit of blood, but I got up and what, I kept in singing. in the gut? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was fine. Oh, it's horrific. I've got some scars. <laughs> And you kept singing. It's yeah. like a, clutching at your bleeding belly. You've got to remember that by this point, most of my body is held together with sequined lycra yes. and corsetry. Spirit gum. Yeah, and spirit yeah. gum. So your background's in, um, in burlesque, but also as a performer, a comedic performer. I just want to make that. Miss Burlesque Victoria 2013. 13. Yeah. That's right. The, that was the best year. That was the best year? What the, do you mean? The last good year. Oh, it's all been downhill <laughs> from then. There'll never be another one like me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a 
the only time I've ever stacked oh sorry can you hear that that wasn't me weeing by the <laughs> way that was me pouring tea would you like some <laughs> I forgot I forgot what uh, we're recording that's the first thing <laughs> I was gonna say when I walked in was Becky Lou I've had an accident and it's the same <laughs> The, the nameless <laughs> podcast where cabaret and burlesque stars urinate freely on air. Oh, at the powder room. <laughs> um, what was? Oh yeah. So I haven't. I've stacked on stage once, but it wasn't actually on stage. It was. Um, I was doing a private function at a very fancy apartment in South Yarra, and um, so it was a living room one, which is always a bit awkward, even when they're big, big sort of fancy large living rooms. They're still you know, people standing around a living room at a 40th birthday party. Um, but this apartment was beautiful and it had polished floorboards that they just had waxed. Oh. And I had my, which I didn't know about, so I had my dance shoes on, which were incredibly slippery, brand new ones. And I got through the whole thing and and they loved it. And I was walking off, but you could see me walking all the way down to the, you know, the guest bedroom, which yeah. was my change room. And I stacked it well I slipped on the because it was so slippery and newly polished and I slipped and skidded like halfway down the hallway with everyone still watching me go (laughs) naked (laughs) but if it was polished were you greased Um, down enough for you to slide or was it kind of one of those embarrassing oh yeah I would have left a, a nice big sweaty like butt makeup print on the floor Oh, fantastic. I remember being side of stage once years and years ago and I saw a performer who was doing a tap routine on a raised stage, like a heart-shaped stage, and it was about two feet off the ground or something. You know, that kind of, like a little plinth that's supposed to be attractively shaped, like, Mm -hmm. you know, a love heart or whatever else. And so she, she did a bit, it was a bit of a burlesque cross with tap sort of thing, and she was nipple twirling away. And just tapping furiously, like she was at the end of it's the end of the number, and it's that bit where they just all and I'm sitting on the side of the stage going, "Wow, she's going really fast. Gee, she's getting awfully close to the edge of the back of that. Oh, she's down!" And she went down like just absolutely smashed into the ground. Immediately leapt up, got back onto the little plinth. By the end of the song, did the finishing kind of flourish, got off, and I went. That was amazing. Brilliant. That was that was comedy gold. That was genius. Show business. She broke her arm. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I just presumed it was intentional. And no, nah, she was in plaster the next time I saw it. That's beautiful. Isn't it? And that's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. We get up. And we keep going. We just keep going. The most interesting thing is how many people presume you're drunk. And you just go on no no. I'm more nimble. Mm-hmm. When I'm pissed, I absolutely am. I've never drunk, oh, not never, but rarely compared to the amount of times I just stack it down the street when I'm in boots or flat shoes. What are we going to be like when we're old? Just broken people. We'll keep going though. <laughs> Show business. <laughs> No, I just, I, I just fall over in the street quite often. And funny how you were talking about before things that you're not meant to talk about or people, you know, you're not meant to laugh about because people sympathise with you unintentionally. Yeah, like I was, saying to you, I was saying before we started recording how sometimes I like to tell a story and um, the intention for me telling it is to sort of say, see, that's funny, isn't it? Does that, that should make you feel better. And yet some... And people go, oh, yeah. and they don't laugh. No. Yeah. 
and then everyone feels strange and bad. Mm. But I, I fall over in the street about once a week, at least once a fortnight, and I just think that maybe everybody else does as well and they're not talking about it. It's just not discussed. Yeah, well, a woman actually stopped and said, are you all right? And it was one of, I did it, the one I did today was one of those... I'm just going down and there's nothing I can do to prevent this. And it goes in slow motion. <laughs> yes. Mm. And she's like, oh, my God, are you all right? And I went, yeah, I've got weak ankles. It just <laughs> happens sometimes. She's <laughs> like, um, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you just get up and go, what can I salvage from this? Transition. I actually have a bit of a theory that poverty makes me more clumsy. Oh. Because I wouldn't be rushing for things, carrying it all, mm-hmm. all the gear and everything. Yeah, you'd I... just be sauntering along, yeah. trailing dollar bills. I'd have all, <laughs> I'd have all the time <laughs> in the world. People, no, people would pick me up from my door. Yeah. And someone would carry. You have to walk anywhere. Do you think that'd be good? You didn't have to. I I think I'd fall over more because my theory is that I fall over when I'm not paying attention to the ground and I'm just, you know, in my own world. I'm usually listening to some music and just like having a bit of a groove and looking at the sky and then I fall over. And it's always like a little bit of a fuck you from the universe for me being too happy. (laughs) Is that awful? I'm glad you laughed instead of... So brave. So brave. But this is that's the same. I've just sort of I'm, I'm constantly kind of scatty. So I'm sort of going, oh shit! I've got to get that train, and I've got to get mm. that train here, and I've got to catch mm. this thing, and I've got to have this many things with me, and I've got to make sure I've got all the things with me because I can't afford to buy a new version of the thing that I already yeah. own that's at home. And that's when I'll go running out the door, and I'll just and I'll just poverty go. panic. Oh my god, poverty panic! That's perfect. Yeah. And it's also maybe that's the name for the podcast. Maybe. <laughs> That's not an excuse for the level. I spend so much of my life in anger. Is it just me? No. How do you express anger? How do I express anger? Hmm. I'm not, a, I'm not an outwardly angry person. I think I just let it eat me up inside. Um, Which explains your svelte uh, figure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the anger diet. Yes. <laughs> Anger, stress, poverty, and heartbreak. Um, no, I don't. I'm, I'm um, not an angry, an outwardly angry person. Um, Do you think, think that, that makes me particularly mad to be an outwardly No, no, person? no. I think it's probably healthier. I don't know. Because I think, I, I think I'm more inclined towards depression, not like super-duper depression these days. But, I, you know, I get, I get down. I don't get punchy. I get I do both mm. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you an artist, babe. Transition. I went to have a, a drink in a, a bar. I know, surprise, surprise, listeners. And I again had one of my irrational rages because they were playing um, reggae. There's not a lot of forms of music I don't like, but I don't like reggae and it made you simultaneously depressed and angry (laughs) it did it did i hate dance hall scar with a passion but reggae just i'm really sorry but just gives me the irritants and it was freezing cold on this day and i i ordered at the bar and i said is it it okay if i go outside because this particular bar's got some restrictions about when you can and can't drink outside and it was i was within the time limit so the guy at the bar's gone yeah yeah that's fine 
um, it's really cold though. And I went, yeah, it is. That's how much I hate reggae. <laughs> and he's gone, reggae? How can you hate reggae? And the only thing at that point that could have made me more furious than the music was his pronunciation of the word reggae. Is that how you meant to say it? No. <laughs> That's how he said it. Mm. And it was confusing. And the punchy just rose up inside me. Like a Did she glass him? <laughs> no, the drink was full. What are you talking about? I'm not a monster. Lucky. <laughs> For him. I was coming home from Bendigo and I was in the quiet carriage and there were two old women who got on at Kangaroo Flats who spoke loudly about football for the entire thing. And rather than being a civilised human being, I didn't, I didn't say a word. I think I actually hit myself in the face at one point. I was so tired. And went, you oh. hit yourself in the face? I did. I, I am I'm getting that point, Becky, where I just go, you're the crazy person in the corner of the train. Hitting yourself in the face. Yeah. Does that make you have more sympathy for the crazy people you see on the train? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It actively does. Do you strike up conversations? I have in the past. Yeah. Where you're the initiator of the conversation? No, usually they are and it involves some sort of a money transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I might get chatty. And then I have, I have actually had um, somebody who was begging for money on the train check if I was all right. Yeah. And then move away. I'm quite proud of my life. <laughs> transition. Have you had any terrible jobs in the past? Um, like day jobs? Yeah. Because oh. I know it will shock everyone to know that we do occasionally have to have day jobs. I did. I can't. I don't know if I can talk about it, though, because it was for a um, well-established theatre restaurant <laughs> that probably some of your guests have worked at. Um, so maybe not. Um, Transition. You know those home and away sort of school dresses? Just the and kind I, of gingham thing? Mine, yeah, I took mine up like a good three inches. And uh, used yeah, to, yeah, the skirt length is... see my knickers. That's... What a little tramp. No wonder I ended up <laughs> a stripper. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool. Did you get pulled but, up for it or did it not matter? No, pub- nobody cared. It was public school. Oh, public school. See, I was private school. We got to the point where that happened. That because uh, we're probably not dissimilar in age, but the, yeah, the, it was the nineties, and some of the skirts started to really, really creep They're up, and up. occasionally mm. they'd, they'd be a bit of a slap on the wrist. We were the opposite. We were getting our skirts as long as we possibly could. Why? Yeah, and long socks because that was because we were the indie kids. Uh, so it wasn't actually about flashing our JJs. I was so not indie. What were you listening to in high school? Spice Girls. Oh, and then and then I discovered Britpop and my friends and I used to argue about who was better, Oasis or Blur. It's Blur, obviously. Obviously, but at the time, I was on the Oasis side. Really? You yeah, bit, which bit, that's my dark secret. Bit, bit rough, huh? You know, I, oh, totally. <laughs> I can't believe I just admitted that to somebody. That's right. Well, if that's the most libelous thing that we have to cut out, although I think it probably is not going to get cut out. (laughs) I was obsessed with Billy Joel, younger. I am still obsessed by Billy Joel. And I'm back on it now. I've only, I've got like Always a Woman and... um, It's a dodgy song, which is a very dodgy song. I sometimes listen to it and weep. 
It's beautiful. <laughs> just gets women. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if if somebody wrote a song for me, I'd want it to be that. He just, just gets <laughs> women. Billy Joel. He just gets women. <laughs> I think you mean gets in the terms of procures, not in the terms oh, of understands. Every way possible, I mean that. <laughs> and why hasn't um, there been a burlesque routine to She's Always a Woman yet? Or has there? No, but I hadn't even thought of it. I that, that would be... I, don't, I think it's a bit more serious than my usual. I couldn't... I think, I think maybe if I'd just, um, just very slowly disrobe and maybe cry. <laughs> and, that, and that's it. <laughs> just naked, naked no. and weep. That's... Oh. So powerful. Well, you're so brave. I'm so brave. That's the new ending to my show. (laughs) So brave. No, that's my second show, Always a Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lou. And make sure you're completely disrobed by about the second chorus, like before the... the... Just get everything off really quickly so the rest (laughs) of the time can be spent crying. Yes. Just (laughs) loudly... (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i would pay to see that would you yeah great i'd pay you to do it okay (laughs) you're just starting to work more with you know speaking and storytelling because you're used to yeah, oh, it's a whole new world for me because yeah. a whole new world. I'm not going to sing. Do you do a burlesque act to that one as well? Um, no, that's, that can be in the new show as well. I'll pay you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talking for you is, a, is newer. It's new. It's new. Yeah. It's, um, it's a bit exciting, but I'm still, you know, I still feel like I've got my training wheels on. I haven't fully grasped the effect that things have all the time. You know, it's, I don't... You're still telling your stories. So yes. you're, you haven't yet got to a point where you're trying to make a joke out of something and it isn't necessarily on you. Yeah, so yeah. When, when you start to reach outside, for examples, then yes, yes, yes. other people's opinions of that start to matter more. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although that can still be a problem when you're talking about yourself anyway, because like mm. we were saying at the earlier on, when you try to tell a story that makes you appear low status and therefore hopefully funny, and you get those people that go, oh, 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 babe, oh, hey, hey, you shouldn't put yourself you're beautiful. down. beautiful. Why do you put yourself down? Because it's funny. You're so brave <laughs> to wear what you're wearing on stage. Mm. Hey, hey, you've got such a lovely voice. I don't know why you feel you've got to swear so much. Oh, babe. Well, you don't have a husband. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Mm. I was at the altar. Do you take this? <laughs> oh, that's it. It's over. Fucking eighth, mate. Transition. Well, we've got a bit of a reputation in our industry for being terrible drinkers. I don't know yeah. that it's always deserved. But it is certainly something that fuels the fact that every time I do cause myself a gravity-related injury, people presume I was drunk. And it's like, no, 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 no. Drunk is me at home alone, crying, listening to it. She's always a woman. She's always. And have you never done that? Every Friday. Yeah. 
Most every Monday, actually. I this is the funny thing about not being um, this, the verbal performance being new to me is that I don't. I I realise now that all you people have like stories up your sleeve that you have you just have for for like podcasts. Um, I'm going to have to do a, do a few of those. Well, it's not normal for me. I've actually had to try to make an effort to write down things that I would tell people in conversation. I do have little stacks I'm of gonna stories. Have to, you should just do that for conversation anyway, shouldn't you, as an interesting person? Yeah. do that for Tinder dates. Oh, my God, do you do that? Yeah, but not, not so much anymore. Um, I can't I'm a bit myself. too interesting for Tinder dates. <laughs> I've found. What also, the-, I, um, the last one I went on, the guy had Googled me. Ooh. quite extensively and Ooh. I just went nah I don't like this so he arrived with all these expectations well you know obviously when you google me I, you get a whole lot of like nudie pictures but they're not you know they're they're all like retro nudie pictures so it wasn't that he yeah it's very hard for like vintage it wasn't that he thought I was going to be like this mega tramp because I am that, you know, that would have been fine. But <laughs> it's on he, your profile. I think he wanted. I think he expected that I was going to show up in this beautiful vintage dress and be all like ladylike. And he, um. he wore a suit, and I just wore jeans and like basically what I'm wearing now: jeans and a jumper. And wanted to tell jokes and banter. And he he wanted he wanted like Dita von Tees or something, you know. Yeah. Um, and I figured that, you know, if people can Google me before we go on blind dates, there's no, it's, no point. It seems a bit rude, um, doesn't it? To... Yeah, it was like, oh, I don't know. I guess that's what people do. I had um, I dated a guy. I know, it's amazing. It did happen once. And years and years and years ago, he was um, a bit older than me. But he said about ooh, a couple of months into the relationship, he actually complained that prior to us dating that I had said I wear suspenders, which I very occasionally did. Like sexy suspenders or like, ones that keep your pants up? No, yeah. Sexy ones. <laughs> yes. yes. Stocking yes. ones. I didn't mention the plastic pants that <laughs> I wear to control my wandering bladder. but <laughs> When you sneeze. Oh, oh. No, we've run out of We've tea. run out of tea. <laughs> uh, but I must have mentioned it in passing, and you, you probably did as a slightly. I do mm. actually. I actually did quite like. I like the the rigmarole of of underwear sometimes. But yeah. he mentioned it as a genuine complaint of kind of a false advertising fashion, oh. and it's like I'm not sure this is going to go that well. It didn't. Like it yeah, really surprise. didn't. Yeah, there was a few yeah. things. Like once I said something like, oh, joking with him, oh, stop trying to change me. And his reply was, I'm not trying to change you. I'm just trying to make a better you. <gasps> creepy guys. Oh, the creepy guys. I'll write that song for you and mm-hmm. then you can do a strip to it. And then we've, okay. got, we've got Act 5 of the show. Excellent. And I'll pay. This is, this is a really good collaboration. <laughs> yeah, it's just me paying you. And you... <laughs> You can't afford me. Your little eyes just widened. <laughs> Nobody ever says that. <laughs> just pay me to make beautiful art. <laughs> Billy Joel. Somebody, somebody asked me uh, in a media thing recently what was my fondest memory of festivals and I just went, getting a dressing room that doesn't <laughs> also have a toilet in the same room, i.e. not a cubicle. Not a disabled toilet. If you're lucky. 
Have you ever disabled been... toilets are fancy because they also have a sink and a mirror. Have you been kicked out of the disabled toilets before when somebody who genuinely needed to use oh, them? Yeah, oh, yeah, because you have to. Yeah. Of course. But then you have to gather up all your bits and pieces and like... But well, sometimes that's the only option. Like, like you get... You've seen my costumes. They don't fit in a regular cubicle. Oh, you've seen mine. Same yeah. thing. Or you're going, I really don't want to drag this through a puddle of weed, which yeah. is possibly my own. Uh, I think we've established so far. Uh, no. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's the P-cast. The P-cast. <laughs> it's a lot broader than what you were thinking, but, you know, you can it talk is. to anyone about P. We definitely get a particular clientele if it mm. was published in such a fashion. Better check that it's not already a thing. The oh, no, If I put the words burlesque and urine in the same... Oh, no, no we're going to get something horrible from Germany. <laughs> Transition! Now I can burst into tears on stage and it's fine because it's acting. It's powerful. I'm expressing my emotions through Have you ever acting. burst into tears on stage involuntarily? Ooh, good question. I don't think so. Um, I've been close, but it was moving towards the part of the emotional part of the show. But, but occasionally a hard gig. Occasionally mm-hmm. when you're going, I'm tired and no one's yeah. listening. Taking my clothes off at the same time. But actually, my- yeah, actually, that's there are some of the times where I've gotten angry, angry. We were talking before about how I express anger yeah mm. I don't I don't get sad when I'm on stage I get angry if people aren't you know if you get like a bucks night and they're horrible and disrespectful I did a show in Edinburgh and it was uh, kind of on the quiet side and my room was very very hot which anyone who's done Edinburgh Fringe knows many of the venues are uh, just makeshift so they're not really set up for mm. human habitation let alone performing and it was so, so hot. I was just dripping with sweat and people were leaving because it was hot. Mm. I actually had one audience member stand up and say, I'm really sorry, I can't, I can't stay in the room anymore because it's just too hot. And that nearly made me burst into tears. That was years and years and years ago. It was Aww. like my second, first or second Edinburgh. And I'd, I couldn't blame it because I'd go in with a dry shirt and it would be dripping wet by the end of it. Oh, wow. Like I could, ke- I could barely keep my hands on the, um, on the guitar. That would just slide off. So that was, I think that's what did it. It was, I'm out of control of this situation. Mm. I can't, I can't get angry at anyone. Not that you should get angry at audience members. I'm not saying that at all, but you can be firm with them. And I think it's a mutual respect thing, but I can't blame an audience member who's about to faint Mm. for leaving a venue that's really unreasonable to work in. But I had to kind of keep going. going. What choice do you have? Yeah. (laughs) That sort of thing can be difficult. Mm. I think that's why I get a bit funny about, you know, WHS and all that sort of stuff in, in venues. Oh, fair enough. I get a bit yeah. funny about, no, how do we get on stage? No, stop fucking around with the music while we're on stage. What do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this? Who said you could take photos? I'm exactly the same. Yeah. We're charming to work with. You should hire us. Transition. I do a lot of things on public transport. Do you? Yeah. What else? Uh, I don't know. Just think about the world. I I always have headphones in. Really? Yeah. But that means that sometimes I can't hear myself singing out loud. 
And I'm usually, you know, I usually look kind of cool. I've got dark sunglasses and stuff and lipstick and look pretty kind of like Northcote. And, <laughs> but I am listening to Billy Joel or the Carpenters or something. So. Don't forget your uh, second wind. Ah. No, yeah. not that either. And if I say it out loud, everybody knows. Come out, Virginia. Don't ever wait. Ah. The Catholic no, girls. You're way no? more Billy Joel. What? Than I am. That's not an obscure I've song. I've only got the best of. That was only the good day young. Come on. It's probably on there. I've only got three songs from the best of. Okay, so we've got we know you've got Always, always a, a Woman. woman. <laughs> um, what else do you need? It's definitely the I've name. got Still Rock and Roll to me. Still oh, rock and roll. In, interesting choice. Really? What's the other one I've got? Um I wanted to test your memory. You've only no, got I've three got friggin' songs memory. on there and you can't remember the third one? Is it Innocent Man? Mm-hmm. No. Honesty? No. Piano oh, but man. I'm, t- I'm, yeah, I've got Piano Man. Oh! Um, I'm definitely downloading on. Oh, I've got five. The longest time. Oh, my God. And just the way you are. <laughs> of course you do. Do you know I once heard an acapella group do an acapella version of For the Longest Time? Yeah. yeah isn't, but- isn't it acapella anyway? That's my point. If you're an acapella group, why are you going to do an a- original? No, just do a song that's not already fucking a cappella. Yeah. Like, what's the challenge on that? Yeah. Like, but it was also kind of amazing because I just went, wow, you didn't put any thought into this yeah. at all. <laughs> that's like you turning up already naked. It's like me turning up in... A nude suit? Yeah, no, that's... Stripped out of a nude suit. Somebody's already done that, surely. They must have done. But what if I did it while I was crying to She's Always a Woman? <laughs> We're sober. (laughs) We have had a lot of tea, though. A lot of tea. I've managed to hold my bladder. It's because we haven't had children. Yes, and that's (laughs) the benefit of dying alone. (laughs) Bladder control. Look, seriously, I don't want to have to wee every time I sneeze. No, no, absolutely not. And I, I don't think but any anyone. That's why I'm not having children. I don't think anybody should have any need to have children. I don't even think no. this is a conversation that any woman should have at all. But there are times that I sort of go, like the fact I trip over all the time just mm. makes me go, oh, I'm gonna have to think about this. What if this you were pushing a pram more carefully? Every time you tripped over. I'd land on the pram. <laughs> the baby would break my fall. <laughs> Oh, maybe you should have one then. The baby would go and get help. Yeah. I allegedly have a husband or something. Yeah. Though I wouldn't. And you I wouldn't would. just get eaten by dogs or whatever happens. Eaten by dogs. Other people's dogs because I rent oh. and I can't get a dog. Other dogs will... So the dogs would have to break into your house. Robber dogs. <laughs> are you going to get eaten by robber dogs? That was robber, not rubber. Not rubber. <laughs> Now we've got two good names for the podcast, Eaten by Robber Dogs or She's Always a Woman. I think there's going to be a scene in She's Always a Woman where I get eaten by a rubber dog. <laughs> oh, so this, art. This is going to win a helmet. Fame. <laughs> Fortune. So you're one of those people who doesn't mind being called a stripper. No. Some well, but don't. I don't, I'm not a real stripper though. You know, a lot of a lot of the burlesque girls work in strip clubs, and I don't do that. That's fine. Because I'm too lazy. I don't like late nights. Is it something you'd ever considered? Men. Um, yeah, I have considered it, but I and I've come very close to like going for the audition a few times, and I just don't want to 
very, very sensitive to environments. <laughs> I don't like the music they play or the lighting. Oh. So, Do you mm. know what? I think the equivalent of that in mm. my career would be wedding singing. Mm. Have People, you ever done that? No. No, and no, you no. won't? Or you... I think it's because it's... It's a bit like when people sort of say, oh, you should just work in a call centre and you, you're talking all the time and when your job's mm. your voice, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I know it sounds naff to most people but talking no, all day that's a real thing. just tires your voice out because often mm. when people are doing things like customer service too and those sorts of call centres, they're either trying to sell something or they're trying to placate someone. Yeah. They're often having to kind of contort their voice in weird sort of pitch ways where it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I really understand what you're going through. Do you know what? Tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm just going to have a word with my man. So you've, you're doing this acrobatics. You're doing a lot of up and then you're coming back down again. I understand that would be very frustrating. So your range is much Basically what stripping is, you know, strip club stripping is customer service naked where you actually have to put up with sexual harassment and assault as part of the job uh, yeah you know? yeah well wedding um, singing is the kind of like or i'd have to do christina regulera six times and then yeah. you just go i really want to hurt someone and or myself perhaps i could hurt you while hurting myself um and i know musicians that do it and i don't begrudge them doing that at all and i know that it often pays really well as well but mm. well, the same same like i know a lot of really awesome women who work in strip clubs who really thrive and make heaps of money and enjoy the job and love it and but i just yeah i'm not i don't like customer service <laughs> i don't like sales same. i don't like people that much <laughs> transition Thank you so much for being part of it. You're welcome. I'll um, I'm certainly thank you for having me. Oh, you're you're more than welcome. I'll certainly try to edit out as many weird pauses and urine references as I can, unless that's the meat of the show. It's probably going to be. I do have a friend who has informed me, though I've not witnessed this with my ears myself, that she can. She has such incredible immaculate control over her urine stream. She can piss to the rhythm of We Will Rock You by Queen. <gasps> you could have her as a guest in your 2016 <gasps> show. Maybe I can just get her to coach me for one of the acts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck George Brandis was worried about, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Becky Lou. You're welcome. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. That was the delightful Becky Lou. I am your host, Geraldine Quinn. And join us for episode three of Bang on the Strillers, which is coming out as soon as I edit it, where I speak at length to my very old friend and fellow cabaret artist, Mr. Wes Snelling. Tune in, and I'm pretty sure we talk a bit less about urine and Billy Joel in that one. All right, is he gone? <laughs>